What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Funniest player on the team for me is Belly, and it's the way he delivers them for real. It's like when he delivers his jokes, there's no laugh, and you really can't even tell if he's serious or not. We deserve this win, man. Fox Force 5 flying high in Motown. Oh, my goodness. I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling the best I've ever felt. I'm excited. I'm, I'm all about winning. I know that the fans here are extremely loyal and passionate. And just like them, I, I want to become not just a playoff team, but a sustained playoff team and eventually get back to some of that championship success and contention. With the 12th pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, Sacramento Kings select Tyrese Halliburton. Imagine being one of those players that's on a team that you know hasn't been in the playoffs in over a decade, almost two decades, about a decade and a half, then being the first team to actually get to the playoffs. Just being able to be a part of that would definitely be something special. And if we can, you know, end up building a championship contending team, you're winning a championship in Sacramento. Like that's that's looked at a lot differently. You probably feel better than you do with anything else. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez. Got Bryant West on here as we always do. What's going on, Bryant? Uh, well, I got to admit, uh, it's a little hard to be in my season of Zen right now. Um, I don't mind any of the moves that the Kings did, but I'm definitely disappointed because it just feels like everything they did was shuffling chairs on a sinking Titanic right now. So that's where my headspace is at. Yeah, How fair enough. You? We're recording this right after the deadline. Um, it is 1240. Um, so there's a chance, I guess, maybe that something still happens. That's probably us just holding out hope. Um, but we have another guest on here. We got Tim Maxwell, who actually I think was on the last episode that we uploaded. I haven't uploaded for a little while here. Uh, Sacktown Baby Giraffe. What's going on, Tim? How you doing, man? Man, I'm hanging in there. I'm trying not to flip out as much as I want to. Um, you're right. I was on the last episode. So thanks for having me again. Um, I think I'm probably more down on this trade deadline, or I should say maybe lack of a trade deadline than, than most. Um, I, w- I would say how I'm doing is I'm just confused. I am confused as to what Monty McNair's plan is for this team. I am confused as to what the plan is for the rest of the season, for next year. I don't get it. I don't understand what's happening, and maybe you all can help me understand. I don't know if we can, Tim. Um, <laughs> we can try. Um, like, here, here's my thing. If the Kings were trying to win this year, why didn't they use their MLE? We just didn't use it. There's there's no penalty for using your MLE in the offseason. Kings just didn't use it. Sign minimum, guys. Then we let Bodong Bogdanovich walk for nothing after a failed trade with Milwaukee Bucks. So we got worse, and then we got worse. And we signed crappy players, right? Hassan Whiteside is a crappy player. Glenn Robinson III didn't work out. Like Frank Kaminsky is nothing, right? Like we just didn't spend any money. And so we all said, okay, fine. The Kings are semi-tanking slash resetting slash whatever other fancy term for it. Okay, good. Monty McNair talked about financial flexibility, making moves in the future. We, I think everyone was on board with that except for, you know, a few random members of Kings Twitter. Um, so then we move on and the Kings – win a few games and then lose a bunch and then win a few. I mean, they're just a bad team. Like they're going to win some games. They're going to lose some games. And as we approach the trade deadline, the message was, well, maybe the Kings don't want to sell. So, okay. If we want to push for the playoffs, 
make a trade. I don't agree with that plan, but then make a trade. Good players were traded today. We didn't trade for any of them, but good players were traded. We traded for a couple of bench guys that aren't going to help us win and make the playoffs this year. Let's just be frank. We I mean, also didn't show might, any salary. Go ahead, they might sorry. be good enough to keep us in that uh, participation trophy uh, tournament, as I like to call the play-in. Um, because Lord help me, I don't expect the Kings to win two games against the Grizzlies, Spurs, Warriors, or Pelicans. So right. it's all just just treading it's water. Pretend. This is all pretend, is. right? We're just pretending that we're good. We're pretending that Rashawn Holmes isn't probably going to walk in the offseason because we added salary. We added salary to this team. We added salary to this team that's going to win 35 games and is already going to be above the cap. We didn't shed Buddy Heald. We didn't shed Harrison Barnes. We didn't move Marvin Bagley. Rashawn Holmes, we can get into those details a little bit more. I know Brandon and I talked about it a little bit uh, last episode, and I wrote an article for it on the Kings Herald. I just – I. I legitimately am am lost as to what the Kings plan is unless they've really convinced themselves that they're better than they are, which is what they've been doing for years. Yeah. And I think the, the main issue does revolve around homes when it comes to doing nothing, obviously, like we talked about last episode. Um, and like you said, they, they added money this off season, you know, the hope has to be if you want to retain homes that um, he's willing to take that um, the, early bird rights contract, which I think is about four years, 45 million, right? Um, which definitely seems optimistic, um, to say the least. And um, maybe we go trade by trade with this. Um, it's not like there's any crazy ones to get into. Um, but the very first one, because we haven't even talked about this one yet, is the, um, the uh, Brian, do you, do you have help on this name here? The Cabin Jelly? <laughs> Cabin Jelly. Um, was a, a NBA draft Twitter darling in the late stages of the 2019 draft. And I will fully admit he was not a guy I did a ton of research on pre-draft, but uh, Kings acquired him to basically help the Los Angeles Clippers clear a uh, roster space. Uh, he was drafted with the 27th overall pick in the 2019 draft. So he's at least got some draft pedigree, um, but he's only played in 23 games this season at four minutes a game. So uh, very much either just uh, will help you out for some cap relief because I think the only thing the Kings got back was money. Yeah. Cash yeah, considerations, they... baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it never escaped cash consideration. I, I believe he's the only guy from the 2019 draft to not have his third year option picked up. Yeah. So very much a uh, just cash consideration or to see if maybe you want to give the guy a can you give a third-year guy a two-way contract? I don't even know. Uh, I think so. I'm not going to pretend to know. We're not going to get that anyway. No. Yeah. He's, uh, he saved the king some money. Of, yeah, he saved the king some money. Let's just give him all of his own white sides minutes from now on, and uh, that can be considered a win at the very least, but not a meaningful one. In sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think no. ownership probably appreciates it a little bit, you know, like I said, save some money, but I, it doesn't matter for the team at all. Um, I take, I, I take that back. No, fuck silver linings. There's no silver linings with this. Yeah. You got some money back. Woohoo. Kings fans have been watching ownership, get money back for 15 years now. Yeah. If, if what this was shit? a small thing on top of like a good, deal with one of Barnes Bagley buddy like you know I feel like we'd feel all right about this I guess but it really doesn't matter either way um and since it's paired with a bunch of other deals that don't really matter um kind of gonna gloss over it the next one that I think was surprising um and I, I guess maybe the best deal um is Corey Joseph, who before the game, there were a bunch of people speculating because he wasn't showing up for warmups and things like this. And everybody got a little bit excited. Um, and then sure enough, he does show he plays for a little while. And then I want to say like 10 minutes after the final buzzer, he ends up getting traded. Um, and it, the deal is Corey Joseph, the Lakers 21, 21 first and Sacramento's own 2024 second rounder. I'm sorry, the Lakers 2021 20, second rounder. Um, and Sacramento's 2024 second rounder. Um, so Joseph, two second rounders for DeLon Wright, who has 
you know, Corey Joseph only had about 2.3 guaranteed on that deal next year. And DeLon Wright has eight and a half guaranteed next year. Um, so I think that's where it gets a little interesting in the implications that that has on Rashawn Holmes, even if DeLon Wright is a notable upgrade over Corey Joseph. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the play in a vacuum is fine. You picked up a backup point guard and you didn't have to battle in free agency for him, which is important for a team like the Kings because how often do we overpay backups like Corey Joseph? Um, so I, I think in a vacuum, the deal was fine. Like I don't, no one last night was like, oh man, are you kidding me? We gave up two second round picks. Like who, who really cares, right? It's, it's kind of another nothing deal. You got a rotational guy. He's not been spectacular in his career. He's not been awful. Um, and that's fine. But as you said, the cap implications are something else because prior to the trade, the Kings really could have gotten like 12 or 13 million under the cap in the off season. If they had cut like Justin James and me too. And, and a couple of me too. And a couple of, uh, but they probably would have cut Jeffries, but they could have gotten at least close to like 12 ish million in cap space operated under the cap. They would have lost the MLE, but they could have theoretically re-signed homes for at least like 12.5. But now that, uh, right is here that's gone that option is gone it, it's not coming like it, i i i don't want to be told that the kings can move money on draft night i don't want, i don't want to hear it because it's it can't happen it you can't move buddy healed for no salary no one has cap space on draft night there are no expiring contracts they don't exist the contracts are over that ended this year they can't be moved so, so it's not happening. If you're resigning here, I'm, I'm just going to lay it out as clearly as I can. And people can disagree with me and that's fine. And they're wrong because I'm always right. As you all are all know, we won't talk about doing <laughs> um, If Rashawn Holmes will not sign for early bird rights at four for 45 ish, he's gone. You, you're, you're not making a maneuver. You're not in the first hour of free agency. You're not going to tell me that, Oh yeah, we're going to dump buddy healed for no, no, returning money no team with calf space is going oh buddy healed the, the guy that had zero market zero market at the trade deadline now i want to surrender all of my hard-earned cap space for this dude especially now that he's probably going to come off the bench and be pissed about it you're not trading harrison barnes because he's a key part of the playoff run next year right that's why we didn't deal him trading bagway is enough money so holmes is gone unless he signs early bird rights that's all i can say and it would be the second offseason in a row um, that you're losing a really notable asset, a starting caliber player for absolutely nothing. Which uh, obviously an unideal start for McNair. Um, yeah. You have any thoughts on, on the right deal, Bryant? Or um, stuff? Well, I, to go back to DeLon, right? Um, for a team that relies so heavily on three guard lineups, Replacing Corey Joseph with DeLon Wright is a positive. Um, like DeLon Wright's an okay player. Uh, I definitely think he fits what this team needs in a backup to De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton more than Corey Joseph did. And all respect in the world to Corey Joseph, the person. Um, I mean, everybody talked about how important he was to the locker room. So all the best to him and his future endeavors. But uh, I'm with you guys. If this move, costs us Rashawn Holmes it's a bad move even if I like DeLon Wright the player so it's uh it's fine now but like Tim said unless some team comes calling and says hey we can absorb enough of correct me if I'm wrong Tim even if some team had 11 million dollars in cap space next year and just took Bagley that wouldn't change anything in the Holmes calculation you're muted actually thank you i feel dumb uh okay so uh if the kings trade bagley on draft night just let's say well it's got to be for a future first round pick can't be a 2021 pick because the 21 21 pick is going to have guaranteed salary on the cap sheet so if good point and this is where we play like the if game right if the kings can find a team interested in marvin bagley <laughs> which they couldn't find this trade deadline and he's going to be hurt for the next few weeks. I don't know if we're going to see Marvin Bagley play it the rest of the season, to be honest with you. So if we can find a team that wants Marvin Bagley and will give up a future first round pick or second round picks, no players coming back and no current 2021 picks coming back, 
we can unlock probably just enough cap space to resign Holmes. Assuming we cut Justin James, we cut all the guys, but probably Daquan Jeffries. I think I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I was running them last night. I think that can get us to like 15 million in cap space. Let me well, bring up I, another issue really quick though. Okay. If you do that, you lost the MLE because you're operating under the cap. So now you re-sign Rashawn Holmes for 15 million or whatever the heck, 14 million, 13 million. You have the room exception for, I think it's like four. So you're just resetting your team. You added, right, you added a first round pick. You re-sign Holmes at a large deal and you have no other avenues to add talent. I mean, who's who's signing for the room exception? Like what player signing for $4 million? And you got vet minimums. Kings also traded around two, traded two second round picks. So those avenues for improvement are also gone. Um, so again, it's just possible, yes, realistic, probably not. I, I don't mean oh, I don't mean to discuss possibly trading Bagley or any kind of draft day deals to give any false ray of hope because I like you like you said they're very much I really do feel like Kings fans can easily fall into traps of well Monty's clearly got an idea of what he wants to do here or well we'll just have to wait and see what the Kings do because Lord knows I'm sick of hearing that too would have very much rather seen the Kings do a harder reset today than anything they did. But I don't know. It, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to sugarcoat it anymore. I think, I believe the only team that has cap space right now still is the Knicks. Um, is there, like, would you have felt better about this deadline, and we'll start with Tim first. If say Buddy Heald was just traded for Kevin Knox, straight up, one yes. that we were kind of 100%. iffy about. Hundred <laughs> percent, absolutely. You know why? Which because is funny because I shit on that deal recently. Yeah, Buddy Heald is a negative asset right now, right? Like, can we be honest? No one wants him. No one wants Buddy Heald. So, I know the plan probably for Heald is we'll move him back to the bench. We'll hope that he gets better and we'll hope that his trade value increases. Great. What if it doesn't? Now you spent another, he's going to make 23 million next year. So you spend another 23 million on a average shooting guard, if we can be honest, who's way overpaid. So yeah, I, I would take, I would have taken Knox. I would have taken second rounders. Like if, if Memphis had called me and said, we'll offer you dang and two second rounders done or any other team with a large expiring contract, the chances of Buddy, like what's, let me ask you guys, maybe this, maybe you can give me some perspective here. What's Buddy Heald's max trade value, assuming he returns to like under Dave Yeager form, which he's not going to, but let's just assume he's going to score 20, 21 points, grab five boards, dish out three assists and shoot 42% from three again. What's, what's his trade value at $23 million a year? The lowest of prospects and, and expiring salary to make it match i guess yeah. yeah some whatever um prospect like you said like uh, i mean yeah probably i mean better than kevin knox but what you're still talking like frank nilakina esque grant williams like right that like a, a, a at best bench young player so yeah i would have dumped him the, the issue is no one i don't i i believe this is not sourced by any means i believe just no one wanted buddy yield for any for any reason i think the kings would have had to part with assets to get to get it out from buddy's contract and i think that's going to be the same thing moving forward yeah um yeah i mean i i think the clear method of improvement for this team is you know one more really good draft pick here and I, I guess like you know after five there's this tier of maybe guys from six to 12 and you know two of them are going to be difference makers maybe and maybe you end up with one like you did with Halliburton but I'd rather not make that bet um and lord no <laughs> lord no yeah like, uh, I mean Tyrese Halliburton coming to the Sacramento Kings is the biggest is is the biggest move Monty McNair has made, and he deserves props for that. But that was the perfect does he, storm. Does that he was deserve a per- props for that? Yes, that was a perfect storm of a general manager and a and a and an agent for a player understanding that this was a perfect situation for that player and making it work. That deserves props. Monty McNair deserves props for making that work. I have very strong doubts that Vladi Divac sitting in that chair 
would have been able to reach out to Tyrese Halliburton's agent and say, hey, come to Sacramento. I mean, Monty McNair de- aced draft night. But the fact that he made hasn't done anything that happened, though? since then, anything meaningful to reset this team, to address cap space for Rashawn Holmes, to add any sort of youth pieces, to accept that a play-in tournament this year is nothing more than a glorified participation trophy is a disappointment. I mean, it, it's all I need to say about it. I hope he has a plan for this because I, I, it's hard for the three of us, all diehard Kings fans who pay attention to this shit and come up with a million ideas. It's hard for us to figure out what he could possibly do to get the space necessary to resign his third best player next year. Yeah. So what does this mean going forward? Did the Kings really just sacrifice the ability to re-sign Rashawn Holmes in some vain attempt to be the 10th best team in the West this year? Because if they did, that sucks. There's no sugarcoating it. Yeah, I'm going to hold off on my labels for McNair until the offseason, even though I'm extremely skeptical right now, and I think it's unlikely that Holmes takes that, you know, four years, 45. I don't think it's without... Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I think he could. Um, I, I don't think it's likely, but I think there's a chance. So just for that reason, like if that happens, I, I guess that, you know, a lot of this criticism is, is maybe unfair, but again, I, I'm skeptical of it, but I'm going to hold off on my labels until um, I see Holmes walk, which hopefully doesn't happen, but it definitely feels like it's going to, like I said, I'm extremely skeptical at this point but I'm just going to try to wait a little bit, even though it's painful. You know, if Monty McNair somehow re-signs Rashawn Holmes this off season, I'm going to swallow a lot of the words that I just uttered because then it's just a mediocre trade deadline where you got DeLon Wright as your decent third guard and still managed to keep Rashawn Holmes. Um, but I can't say anything more than that. It, it, here's my thing though. And maybe this is just me being too like dark cloud on a sunny day. Even if we keep homes for five, for what is it, four for 40, whatever the contract is that I can't remember off the top of my head, four for 45, right? Um, do you really want to pay the starting lineup $85 million? No. Right? Like, I, so if uh, perfect work. Oh, right? but you, you could resign- be- you could be in this position again next offseason and not have lost anything for waiting a year if you are able to keep homes. We didn't lose it. I mean, we kind of lost something, right? Like we lost a year. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> we lost the most clear and obvious reset year possible. Yeah. Right. And here's my here's my thing, right? Okay, we re-sign homes for four for 45. You're paying the starting lineup $85 million. Fine. It's not my money, right? You got the MLE. So you add the MLE, whoever you signed with the MLE for $9 million, or you split it between two players, whatever, and you add the draft pick. Is that team adding right, swapping right for Joseph, keeping the same starting lineup, um, and adding a draft pick and an MLE player, is that getting you 10 additional wins? Even if I assume that the Kings get Moses Moody, who is my favorite guy out of the top five, even if well, I assume that, five which pick. is being generous, no, I don't think it makes them a playoff contender next year. I really don't. I don't. And, I don't. It's the problem with with pretending that Harrison Barnes is more than a decent veteran who could help this team win a playoff, get to a playoff series if they were a better team, because it's the sticking point in holding this team back from a harsher rebuild which gets them to the playoffs earlier than this crazy timeline they're on right now. I don't know. Maybe instead of yelling, we should talk about the other trades they made today because they need two more. Real quick, I'll (laughs) say on that, like I think that they didn't make the same path to improvement that I came into the year thinking of impossible, um, but they definitely made it a lot less likely. Like I'll say, you know, I mean, hitting a hitting on that draft pick, say, you know, eight to 11 range um, is definitely 
possible. And, and so is the Holmes thing. But again, I'm talking about low probability outcomes. Like I'm talking about like a 15% chance that you're still in a promising direction moving forward. And, you know, I mean, there is going to be internal growth from really just Tyrese Halliburton, right? And I guess like slight improvements from Fox, even though I kind of think we're seeing Fox reach what he's going to be for a while. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm trying to play the optimist over here a little bit. <laughs> I appreciate you doing that. Uh, breaking trying. news, guys. The Kings are waving Jabari Parker. Oh, man. What a surprise. What a shot. the 10th seed. Poor Omer. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor Omer's Omer. devastated. Yeah. <laughs> Kings get rid of former number two pick, as our buddy Akis so yeah. cleverly joked. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we'll say the next deal, um, Nemanja Bielica. Felt like the most obvious piece to move, right? I think that um, when Tim was on last episode, I think the one before with Bryant, we all talked about, you know, get a second rounder for Bielica and call it a day. They end up going to Miami, who has a, who had a TPE, I believe. I'm pretty confident there. And then... In return, instead of just getting a second round pick, they get Mo Harkless and Chris Silva. Um, Mo Harkless is an expiring contract this year who can't seem to find a place in Miami's rotation, who's like desperately looking for a Jay Crowder replacement and wing defense, which is supposed to be what Mo Harkless does. So I think it's very telling he can't find a spot in that rotation. And I guess Chris Silva is somewhat interesting, like I guess second year player 24 years old um he's got 1.78 million team option next year and then he goes into restricted free agency um i'll just say would you have preferred a second round pick to this tim i would have um i had someone tweet me and i have not verified this so i could be wrong but actually a couple of people said that their tpe expired on monday i don't know if that's true i haven't verified that but that could be uh, a motivation why the TPE wasn't used. It might, might've been gone by then. Um, the deals, whatever, like the Kings, I, I, and the way I phrased it on Twitter, and I think people misinterpreted it was I said, we didn't get any value for Nemanja Bielitsa. And that honestly, it wasn't a criticism of Monty McNair because if there, Monty McNair is not stupid. Like I disagree with some of his decisions, but if there was a value out there for Nemanja Bielitsa services, he would have gotten that value. I, I think no one wanted Bielitsa for any sort of cost. And so he traded it for two expiring. I mean, sort of two expiring. Silva's got a player option next year or team option, excuse me. Um, I, I, I'll i be honest with you. I don't know anything about Chris Silva. I don't know. I, I watched some highlight clips that I think, Brendan, you posted. Um, and that is that is the depth of my knowledge about Chris Silva. As you mentioned, Harkless hasn't been bad this year. He actually hasn't been a couple of years. So he's got a, a little bit more of a reputation than than actual production. So it's it's like... Fine. My my only little quibble with the Bielitsa deal is I wonder if we had been playing Bielitsa like we should have been because he is a solid rotational player. What kind of trade value does he have at that point? I don't know. Because again, if we were trying to win this year, like now we're pretending we were trying to do, you would have been playing your good rotational players. Uh, but yeah, Brian, can you maybe tell us a little bit about Chris Silva if you know anything about him? <laughs> I'm sure at some point I watched a South Carolina game in uh, 2018 but uh, um, just from the highlight reels I've watched he definitely seems like uh, the Miami kind of energy big man um, so maybe he comes in and becomes a fan favorite just by I mean his per 36 numbers indicate that he's a pretty decent rim protector um, but I don't know anything more than that no I would love to see him get some playing time but uh, suddenly the king's depth of fourth fifth big men is pretty stacked right now yeah so they wave uh hassan whiteside which i assume we all think is coming they gotta keep them to win what do you mean that's true <laughs> oh god it's true Holy. any of these guys over hassan whiteside please play any of these guys over hassan whiteside 
Yeah. Metsu, Silva, Kamengeli. It doesn't matter. One of them. I caught some of Silva last year when I was uh, still watching Celtics games. And I do think like he's very much a high energy guy um, and just goes at, goes out there and leaves everything on the floor, which is, is nice. You know, I guess like you, I mean, Sacramento needs high energy guys like that. And hopefully it's a little bit infectious at times rather than guys that uh, look a little bit out of place. So I don't know, maybe he's something, maybe he can be a backup third string big um, and has some untapped potential or something that we'll see with more playing time. So I don't know. The the Bielitsa deals whatever. I mean, pretty much like I, I don't think Harkless makes you better at all this year. Like I'm gonna be pretty annoyed if Mo Harkless gets playing time over Robert Woodard, which is gonna happen. Very true. Um, I'm already disappointed. Um, <laughs> it's funny you and I like started this podcast being like, okay, we gotta be, we gotta try to be at least somewhat optimistic because we're having tim on and now we're both just sinking down 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 into the deep dark hole of what the heck is going on they didn't do anything all right and then the last deal um (laughs) is sacramento acquires terrence davis for the memphis second rounder this year so they went from the memphis and lakers and their own second rounder to this year to instead um Delon Wright, Terrence Davis, and their own second rounder this year. Um, what is your impression of Terrence Davis? He's 23 years old this year. He's entering restricted free agency, um, had a promising rookie year where he was surprisingly efficient. Um, notable that he has some concerning off-court issues that I don't feel um, educated on enough to speak about, but definitely make me skeptical of his his character um, but you know, 23 years old, I, I guess. And, and, you know, you need wings. What, what was your impression of the Terrence Davis deal, Brian? Well, I could definitely speak to Terrence Davis, the player, because he was a guy I watched a lot of, uh, old miss games late last year, thinking that he might be a second round target when the Kings had a whole bunch of seconds. Um, he's a very versatile player, uh, six, four, really good shooter. He won, uh, he was named to the all second rookie team last year. So uh, good on him for that. Uh, averaging seven points, two rebounds in uh, 14 minutes a game this season. Um, so if the Kings had just traded for Terrence Davis, the player, and traded a second round pick for him, I'd be really excited. Uh, but like you said, um, he has some off court issues. I'm just going to read. Woj's tweet from uh, a month ago. Uh, Silver, I mean, I'm sorry. Davis was originally facing seven charges, including two counts of third degree assault, stemming from an October incident in New York girlfriend and hit her in the face, according to an NYPD statement. Um, In February, all charges were dismissed against Davis. So it's one of those who the heck knows, but who, why, it, it's just another question mark. Of, I would hope that the Sacramento Kings have a greater understanding of Terrence Davis and the charges against him. Um, the NBA and the NBA and, and the NBA Players Association investigation into the incident remains ongoing. So there's some legal resolution. It's unclear how the NBA will proceed. So it's one of those instances where I hope the Kings have a much greater understanding of Terrence Davis, the human than I do, but it's hard to look at that and be wildly optimistic about getting a player who could be here long-term. Who the heck knows? Yeah, that's, that's whatever, you know, like sadly enough, we've seen the, without again, speaking too much to the situation, cause we don't know. We've seen the Kings sign these guys before we've seen them bring them in as leaders. We've seen them bring them in their G league team. We've seen them bring them in as motivational speakers to young people. So it's whatever, man, like the, the acquisition from a, from a pure talent standpoint is probably a positive one. The acquisition from any other standpoint, I'm not thrilled with, but 
I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm also not going to throw the Kings under the bus too much, just again, because we don't know what that investigation is going to entail and reveal. So like overall, the Kings added two okay bench players for three second round picks. That's what they did this trade deadline. Yeah. Which I mean, if you were a good team already, that's, that's good. But when you're in this position, I don't know that it really does anything. Um, I asked uh, Louis Satzman, who I wrote an article with recently talking about a potential Holmes deal when Toronto was linked to him and asked him a little bit about um, about Terrence Davis here, and I'll just read what he said. Um, he said, so obviously the off-court stuff seems fairly immature. Um, this isn't part of the quote, by the way, but there's also a picture of Terrence Davis walking into a game where he cut a hole in his mask, um, and then he had to get talked to after that. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Holmes is going to love him, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, continuing the quote on the court, he's a very good shooter, good athlete, good tools, great offensive rebounder, some spark as a passer. Although he's very inconsistent about making reads, doesn't have the handle of a guard yet. Likes to push and transition, very strong. Takes some real dumb shots sometimes. Defensively, he's all over the map. Horrible reads. Can't play team defense. Fouls a hell of a lot. All that adds up to being a plus minus God last year. And this year is a huge down year for him, but he's still somehow not a huge negative and plus minus could be a piece down the line, but he's not that yet. Offense, no defense. What do you know? There's a theme to the team. Oh, grand. They have an identity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, again, I, I guess if we want to put it all together, right? The Kings lost Corey Joseph, Nemanja Bielitsa, 2021 Lakers second rounder and Memphis second rounder and their own 2024 second rounder and all possible hope and respect that Tim had for the organization. Um, and they gained DeLon Wright. No, they gained uh, DeLon Wright, Mo Harkless, Chris Silva, Terrence Davis, and Fiendu Cabin Jelly. Um, how many more wins if anything, does this even make the Kings win this year? If, if anybody feels comfortable Three. giving that number, I'd love to know. No, yeah. I, I got to just say zero. Yeah. Maybe DeLon Wright being in Corey Joseph's minutes saves one game, but this, this is the most low bar, nothing trade deadline of a franchise that has made a history of low bar, no trade deadlines. Yeah, they also yeah, lost Jabari Parker. I didn't mention. Yeah. That's true. Oh, such a loss. Ripped to his career. Um, I don't know if you all saw it. Greg on the Kings Herald really wanted to put up a banner that said Kings cut former number two overall selection. But I don't <laughs> know if he did. Um, there was a year years totally ago that when we were at STR, uh, I think it was Aki put up a banner that said Kings got Wiggins because they got his brother and people were not thrilled with that um i have a breaking news we do in fact have a breaking news banner on the king's herald right now that says kings get rid of former number two pick out of this yes. nicely done <laughs> good nicely on done. greg um oh god i see it <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah the kings like they're in the same position they were at the start of the season that's called not improving right like the question i asked twitter is give me a move that Monty McNair made, actively made, that made this team better in the short term or the long term in the last six months. And if we want to say drafting Tyrese Halliburton, that's fine. I'll give it to you. We traded back in the second, right? Didn't use the MLE. Got rid of me. Signed crap players. Didn't really do anything at the deadline didn't unlock cap space for next offseason. So if the Kings wanted to win, they needed to try and win. If they wanted to lose, they needed to try and lose. Instead, they rode the fence. And the people that are going to pay for it are the Kings fans. That's where we're at. And I'll say there seemed to be a market for Bogey. For Bogey? For yeah. Holmes? For Barnes? Like, right. The, the, one of the things we're going to get told by Sacramento's team-friendly folks, right? We, we, there is this, this group of people that will always defend the Kings and are 
given access to do so. They're going to tell us, wait and see. They're going to tell us, Monty McNair's not, not done yet. They're going to tell us there wasn't, the, the, the deals weren't good enough for Harrison Barnes. That's why we didn't trade him. The deals weren't good enough for Rashawn Holmes. That's, that's why we didn't trade him. Maybe. Or maybe we fooled ourselves into thinking we were good. And how? Maybe. How do we fool ourselves into thinking we're good? Yeah, you know who runs this team? Because we, we won seven of eight games against. We won. Well, we won four or five right once. now, right? Uh, we won against we won not five. great teams. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, that Hawks game last night was fun. At least the games are still fun. I can we hold beat, on to that. In our in our four or five run, we've beaten one good team and lost horrifically to a good team that had that was missing all their good players. We we just have an easy part of the schedule right like this is where the kings always screw up and this is where we always fool ourselves bad teams win games bad teams go on runs it doesn't mean anything the kings are on pace to win 35 games in an 82 game season that's not close that's not close to competition that's not close to being a contender they're 10 games under what the mavericks would be the eight seed mavericks would be right now 10 games do I think the Mavericks are going on a 10-game losing streak? No. Do I think the Kings are going on a 10-game winning streak? No. They're not close. We're, are we 13th in the West right now or 12th? I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. Well, we're tied, 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 tied for 12th yeah. or 13th, depending on how you look at it, right? We're six games under 500. We're not close. You need to be 500 to make the playoffs in the NBA, and we're not close. Yeah, you're, you're three games from the 10 spot, I guess. I don't want to hear about the 10 spot. It's, it's pretend. <laughs> Just it's pretend. Yeah. It's pretend. It's pretend. Do you know what the ten, do you know the play in tournament was designed by Adam Silver to trick stupid teams into not tanking and the kings have fallen for it. That's what the that's what the play in tournament is there for. The NBA doesn't actually care about the ninth and tenth seeds in the NBA. They no intelligent league actually wants 67% of its league to make the playoffs right? Like that's not how the a league should operate. They're doing that because they knew there would be no fans in seats this season. They knew there was no revenue in arena. So they knew teams would go, Hey, if we're not making any money anyway, why don't we just lose a bunch and try to get Cade Cunningham? And that's what smart teams are doing. That's what the Detroit Pistons are doing. That's what the Orlando that's, magic, that's what the Orlando magic, that's what the Minnesota Timberwolves are doing. The t- Timberwolves didn't get any better today. They just were like, Oh, we suck. Let's just continue sucking. The Kings fell for it. The Kings fell for Adam Silver's trick. So when we ask how do the Kings think they're good, they've won four or five, three of those wins being against bad teams. They have a bad coach. They have a bad bench. And sure, it's possible we make the 10th seed. I think we're like two and a half or three games out of the 10th seed right yeah, three now. Three games. And we will, there are elements of Sacramento that will pretend that making the 10th seed is, a, is an accomplishment even though under Dave Yeager, when we made the ninth seed, he was fired, right? Fire Dave Yeager after reaching the ninth seed, success after reaching the 10th seed. That's where we're going to sit. And again, the, the ones paying for this are Kings fans. That's why I'm pissed. I'm not pissed because the Kings are bad. The Kings are always bad. I'm pissed because we wasted another season. We're going to convince ourselves that next off season will be different and we'll be right here next year. Yeah, I, I think I'm realizing my real issue is the schedule makers this year for placing all these crap teams right before the deadline. <laughs> so they knew mean. what they were doing so here. Mean. It's horrible. It's horrible. Um, Adam Silver was sitting in his office like, these dumbass kings, they're just going to try to win. Yeah. That's what they're going to do. I'm going to give them the Hawks, and they're just going to try and win. That's what they did. Right. And, you know, none, none of us are saying – and this has never been the case that like, you know, the eighth seed or whatever bottom of the playoffs is a bad thing. It's an issue if that's your ceiling. Um, and, you know, I mean, you look at the competition, like how is this team ever going to be better than a six seed without some drastic change? Um, you know, like accounting for internal growth from Halliburton and Fox, because I think that's the only thing you really have going for you right now. Um, how is this team ever going to be better than a six seed? You know, how do they have, there, there's all these teams in the playoffs, like even ones outside of it. How are they going to pass Memphis? How are they going to pass New Orleans, New Minnesota? If they land a top five pick, I don't know how they're passing Minnesota. Um, it, it's yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's rough. I mean, and, you know, to look like Aaron Gordon, who felt like comparable to Barnes this deadline, um, ends up pulling Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a first round pick that's in the future. I don't have the exact year in front of me. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's what Aaron Neesmith in a first. It's the same sort of deal, right? It's exactly what we've been talking about. Um, and, and, you know, I guess we don't know if that's on the table, um, but I think they're comparable players. And Denver and Boston seem to be both the teams that were interested there. Yeah. Um, is there other deals throughout the throughout the uh, deadline that we want to touch on just, just for fun. Like the, the Vucevic Chicago deal was definitely notable. I enjoy that for Chicago. They're going to be fun. Mm-hmm. An enjoyable team to watch. Yeah. Vucevic um, and Al Farouk Amino for Wendell Carter, Jr. Otto Porter, 2021 first top four protected in a 2023 first. Yeah. yeah I, I, I daydream. Got robbed. I daydream about Chicago missing the playoffs this year and getting Cade because then you got a dynasty. That'd be a lot of fun team. Um, the move to me is still Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets um, for RJ Hampton. Um, oh, help me out here. So many deals. Gary Harris and a first. Gary Harris and a first. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to jump on the Denver and Phoenix bandwagons in a couple of months. I mean. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not surprised that I'm surprised Tim Maxwell hasn't jumped on that Phoenix Suns bandwagon, but I really need to <laughs> just for my own mental health, man. This team just pisses me off. I think I'm just going to fade into apathy though. Like the height of my anger. I'm sure I'll write about this. If I I've done nine articles in three days, so I'm a little burnt out right now, but whenever I get my energy back, I'll, I'll kill the Kings. They'll get mad, whatever. And then I think I'll just fade into apathy until the draft and I'll just wait for Brian's draft pieces to come out and Brandon's draft pieces to come out. And that'll be my entertainment. Um, yeah. Once again, I, I think this the team biggest is depending, once again, this team is depending on massive lottery luck, which is just the luck. best place to be in. We're depending on here's, here's the arguments that have been presented to me that tells me that Monty McNair has done a good job. What if we jump in the lottery what if Rashawn Holmes doesn't have the market we we think he has? And what if a team will take on Buddy Heald on draft night? Those those are like the counter like pro money arguments. And if those are your counter arguments to me, I win. That's it's a bunch of ifs. It. It's a bunch of ifs. And that's what the Kings always play by, right? If only and there was a way to better low, your draft odds. If only right? they're the most low probability ifs possible. And I mean, what you said, Brandon, is something we really haven't touched on. The Kings are going to pick in the seven to 10 range because they're just good enough to not be in the bottom five. Because again, we were not willing to deal average players for assets for assets could have had assets. The Kings need options. They limited their options today. They still have a path moving forward. Yes. The path is much narrower, narrower than it could have been. Um, Only other deal I think is it was shocking to me was the non deal of Kyle Lowry staying in Toronto Clearly, Toronto played chicken and lost. I, I don't think there's any other way to look at that. They shed a bunch of roster spots and salary. And then I think Miami said no thanks. And LA wasn't willing to give up THT, which is insane to me, but yeah. whatever. And then now Toronto, they're, they're not in a good spot. Yeah, maybe they try uh, try to sign and trade them. Was some people mentioning that? But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, definitely interesting. I, I do think that's one team that should pass the Kings um, in the lottery odds, but they're sitting in ninth right now, the Kings. I think they're going to hover about that range. Um, yeah, that, that's probably about where we're going to be again, and you really have to bet on that pick really panning out. It's definitely not impossible, but I think you have about a coin flip of that being an impactful player or you know, potentially being really nothing that changes the franchise for the long term. And um, yeah, betting on betting on that coin flip is uh, not a great feeling. We've been doing it for 15 years. <laughs> doing it for 15 more at this rate, baby. Ugh. I'm just going to. Yeah. Brendan's going to be 15 by the time the Kings make the playoffs next. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
My my most surprising deal, and if you say I, Rondo, I'm, I just I'm realized what I got myself into too. If you say Rondo, I'm <laughs> I realized right as I said it. Did, are you going to say Rondo? League, yes, because oh my god, it's mainly oh my about god. the Lou Williams aspect of it. I don't want Lou Williams. Oh, so it's a bad deal. Exchange for Rondo is crazy. Yes, <laughs> it is a bad deal. What do you? Why? Why? Like what? Because teams convince themselves that Rondo's good for anything but a. Like, okay, I know there's going to be a whole bunch of people who are like, he was good in the playoffs in the finals for LA last year. Okay, fine. He was the fifth best player. Sure. He's the most mediocre fifth best player on a team that needs stars to go somewhere. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, if your whole idea is you need somebody that can penetrate and create for others, Lou Williams does that better than Rondo right now. Like, what are you doing? But I don't, I don't understand. That one surprised me. Um, also, an, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm guessing maybe Paul George and Kawhi in on that. Like NBA players love Rondo. Yeah. They love Rondo. Ever, all of them love Rondo. And I think Paul, I think Paul George has mentioned before and Kawhi too, that they need a point guard. Like we need an initiator. And I think the Clippers tricked themselves into thinking that Rondo is a quality initiator when he just really just stat hunts. He's not yeah. that good at it anymore. Guess he's a typical point guard. Um, you know, another notable deal that's very on brand for me today. Um, Austin Rivers went to OKC. If you guys didn't catch that, very important. Very important here. No one caught that. Will and I get to watch all the OKC games and just have a great time. Um, is that is that George Hill deal? Deal. I don't know how you guys didn't catch this. This was like front page. I'm pretty sure that the banner is going to update in a little while on THK. TKH. Boy, it's it's going to be hilarious when every one of the King's Herald writers just slowly drifts to another team. Tim and I will go to Phoenix. Brendan and Will are going to go to Oklahoma City. Greg's already living in freaking Denver. Yeah. Okay, so I, I guess to close... You know, two players needed to be cut. Jabari Parker was cut. Um, who else? Whiteside? Yes. But it's... It, it's got to be... Buy him out. Buy him out. Right. Let him go to one of those teams that can convince themselves that he is the thir- that he's the backup big they need. By the way, they played yeah, Whiteside think- and Metu together yesterday. What was that? What was that? We're trying to win, Brendan. We're a winning organization. <laughs> winning mentality. Jeez. Winning mentality, man. Two centers. Marvin Bagley at small forward. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. Vladi Divock's ghost lives on in Sacramento. <laughs> Not that he's dead. That was kind of weird. But his the ghost of his GM tenure yeah. lives on in the Golden One Center. Yeah. I, um, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, this is going to be pretty harsh. Aside from maybe drafting Tyrese Halliburton, this team would have been in the same position with Vladi Divac as of right now. Potentially. Uh, but I like, think they would have kept bogey. Which I, All right, I, so we're in a better position. I, <laughs> right? I didn't say it. Yeah. I mean, the risk would be like Vlade making stupid deals this offseason rather than ones that don't matter at all. But I mean, we think he probably would have traded Buddy Heald, right? Like, that was like, everyone was like, oh, Kings are getting rid of Buddy Heald. Right. Sorry, as my phone rings. Kings getting rid of Buddy Heald. They're going to re-sign Bogey. I'm not going to say I can guarantee the Kings would be in a better position, but I don't know how much worse off we are either. And that's just kind of a sad yeah. Review of Monty McNair. Now the Kings can't make a move for another three months. So nine months into the job, Monty McNair will have honestly just done nothing. Not a thing. Yeah, which I think is fair. Um, and like I said, I, I guess I'm going to try to hold on to any sliver of optimism I can and, you know, just hope that they have an understanding with Holmes that four years, 45 is enough. Join the dark um, side, man. Yeah, no, I, I'm clearly new to this because I, I don't just assume, immediately assume the worst, you know, which seems to be the rest of the Kings fan base, understandably so. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, and I guess, you know, the bench lineup now is... Oh, breaking on, news. 
What do we According got? to the league source, Kings are expected to release forward center. I'm not even going to pretend to know his name. Kevin Gelly. Got it. We're keeping Whiteside. We're keeping Whiteside. God damn it. And he's going to play over Chris Silva. He's going to play over everyone. He's going to start over Sean Holmes at some point. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we you should start, start them together. No, start start Whiteside. So that way your team gets used to Holmes not being there next year. That's, <laughs> That's the plan. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess your bench went from Corey Joseph, Justin James. Uh, I don't know who else. Jeffries. The thing is, I guess... I guess now you have like nine man rotation rather than an eight man rotation. If if you want to feel decent about that, I guess um, doesn't matter at all this year. Yeah, um, a pretty bleh deadline for Sacramento, and there was so much build up, so much excitement. I'll say for myself, um, all for nothing. It seemed like a seller's market. They didn't, don't end up selling anything. Um, extremely skeptical of McNair at this point. But like I said, personally, I'm going to hold out on my labels, but I understand skepticism, um, anger, annoyance, anything like that. Any any closing words, Tim? Man, just like Kings fans deserve better. King. I- I don't want to say I don't consider myself a Kings fan because obviously I do, but like I consider myself a Kings writer. So I feel like sometimes I can separate myself a little bit from the team, but Kings fans deserve better. Like the people that sit down and watch the game on their TVs every night, people that go to games when they're in arenas, people that have been loyal to this team for way too damn long, they just deserve better. They deserve better than a 35 win season. They deserve better than ownership and management that just wants to blind themselves to the truth that they don't have a core. They have two players. The Kings fans deserve better than no movement at a deadline that didn't really improve the team and didn't really get us a better draft position. And all we did this year, honestly, is we just saved as much money as possible. Didn't spend the MLE, only signed veteran minimum contracts, didn't re-sign Bokey, traded uh, for cash considerations, that's disheartening. So my final words are just, however you feel about Monty McNair's trade deadline, demand better of this team. It's been far too long that we have allowed mediocrity. I shouldn't even say mediocrity because mediocrity would be an improvement for this organization. It's been far too long that we've allowed this team to trick us into saying, wait and see. Oh, Monty McNair needs two years before we can fully judge him. Vladi Divac needs to get rid of Cousins before we can fully judge him. Vivek needs to get his feet under him. Joe Dumars needs time to assimilate. Demand demand better, whether that's on a social media, whether it's on whether or not you choose to watch games, whether that's however you demand better. We need to demand better of this team because the last six months of lack of progress just have been unacceptable for a team that has missed the playoffs for 15 consecutive years. So just demand better. Yeah. Anything from you, Brian, just to close out? I wish I knew what this team was doing. That's it. I mean, we're we're as tapped in as any Kings fan, and we have no freaking clue what the goal is here. Yeah. Um, you know, guys of the Kings Herald, us three included, are going to be trying to figure that out. So definitely stay on top of the content there. Check it out and support the Patreon to support local independent Kings coverage. Bryant and I get to move on to draft content. Um, I want to say we're Sweet 16 now, right? And uh, yep. we've been... A whole bunch last... of good games this weekend. If you guys want to check out the draft guys that the Kings are almost certainly going to be picking from because they're not bad enough to be in the bottom five. Yeah. Um, we've been trying to do draft content for maybe the last three episodes, and I'm like, eh, we should probably focus on the trade deadline, show up what everyone wants to hear, and then we end up hearing nothing on deadline day. Um but yes, like I said, check out all the great work that goes on at the Kings Herald. Um, and if you enjoyed this episode of the Kings Pulse podcast, oh, well, I forgot to plug Tim here, of course. Sacramento Baby Giraffe, as I'm sure everyone's aware, at Tim Maxwell 22. And uh, great pod going on with Sanjesh as well, watching the tape. I believe it's once a week, right? That's correct. 
there you go yeah great pod there as well so definitely check that out um and tim you passed your 6100 mark on twitter is that right i, I think we talked about this yeah, that was my goal last episode we passed it you, pa- you know how me today but celtics blog it. retweeted me there you go we passed it no we're a team now we have a team twitter account and that I will only tweet from and you're not allowed to access. But it's our account. I just want you to know that in your heart. (laughs) Just wait and see what happens with a Twitter account. There we go. So anybody uh, listening, if you enjoyed this episode of the King's Pulse podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review, and hear from us again in the next couple of days.